Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, and Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. We're still on our summer break, so this is a normal questions pod, but a little bit shorter than normal. We recorded it on the 20th of August, so if something massive has happened between then and whatever day you're listening to this on, as I've lost track already... Uh, it's like, like I said, it's like Christmas, Kieran, but sober. I don't like it. <laughs> <coughs> uh, uh, I'm Kevin Day. Uh, he's Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. Uh, how's your summer break going, Kieran? I, I, I assumed that you'd be spending it researching and relaxing, but well, you went to ABBA instead. Well, yeah, I, I went to the uh, ABBA Voyage show uh, in in, uh, in in that that there London place. Um, and, and it it was amazing. Uh, and ABBA have always been a guilty pleasure of mine. I I actually have a photograph of Agnetha that I took when I was thirty. I think it was thirteen years old uh, when she was walking down uh, the seafront at at Brighton. I think this was two days after winning the Eurovision Song Contest in, in 1974, which which is one of my prized possessions. Um, I, I I don't think she. It probably means more to me than it does to her, though. I, I, I don't think you need to probably there, Kieran. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing it doesn't mean an author. I'm guessing that if you were to talk to her now and say, do you, do you remember two days after winning the Eurovision Song Contest, a little little bespectacled accountant-looking child? <laughs> She'll say, no, I remember his scary-looking uncle behind him. <laughs> did, did she know you were taking the photograph? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she, nice. she, she, she smiled. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they Abba, Abba are wonderful, as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, I, 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 I won't have any, <laughs> any, any truck with, with, with the naysayers. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I'm a naysayer, Kieran. I, I, what I did take slight exception to was when I uh, put question mark and a puzzled face when you said you were going to see Abba was when you said, no, all the punks in Brighton loved Abba. That. <laughs> <laughs> kind of summed up with the punk movement in in Brighton more than anything else. But I, I, I'll take your word for it, Kieran. I'm sure, I'm sure Abba Voyage, as we call it in South London, was very good. I hear, <laughs> I hear the technology is amazing. It's 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 absolutely staggering. Yeah, I mean, the only trouble was that you you had to go and get your mum to go into Virgin Records to buy the Abba albums because, of course, you couldn't be seen. Buying an Abba album <laughs> uh, from from the record shop because yeah, you, you, you're, you're you're trying to be uh, you're trying to be one of the boys. Yeah, imagine all that technology for that Abba show. Imagine what would happen if the equivalent of producer guy went away and left the equivalent of you and I in charge of. <laughs> There'd be a lot of apologising. Anyway, questions time. And <clears throat> remember, dear listeners, we recorded this on the twentieth of August. So again, apologies. If we're not covering a massive story, we will do as soon as Kieran is back from Abba Heaven. And our first question comes from Mark Goodchild. I'm just thinking of the journey home, Kieran. I imagine the Baroness was singing along at the top of her voice, was she? Uh, yes, yes. Prosecco had been consumed. Uh, it, it was her birthday as well. So, oh. uh, yes, it, 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 there, was much, there was much merriness uh, from half of the car. <laughs> um, and the other half was 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 
uh, I, I was going, well, can't, can't we listen to a serious podcast by The Economist or something? You know, <laughs> no, no, and then you know, she's, she's off to, uh, you know, give me, give me, give me a man after midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you have your imaginary punk hairstyle singing along with her. Mark, <laughs> good child. <clears throat> this, is, this is covering the fact we really don't have many questions. <laughs> uh, Mark Goodchild says, with the buying of BT Sport, I was curious to know where Discovery are getting their money from. Is it from subscribers or from a parent company? Um, well, Discovery themselves are owned by Warner Brothers. So um, they, they have uh, set up a joint venture with uh, BT. So, so both parties are going to own 50% of this new company. But in order to uh, get things aligned on setup, uh, Discovery, they, they've, only, they've only put in an initial £93 million. Pounds. So, so you know, by, that, that's less than the cost of a film. You know, isn't, isn't it the new one of the new Batgirl films has been canned by, by Warner Brothers or somebody else? And, that, and that's cost more than that because I think the rushes have been mm. uh, pretty <clears> appalling. <throat> it could cost them up to £540 million. I think the, the issue for Discovery and where we are in the world of streaming is not dissimilar to where we were perhaps just, you know, just over 20 years ago when, when we had that, that tech boom. For every eBay, there was a e-auction site, which you know, there was 10 or 20 of them, which have all died. For yeah. every Amazon, there were 20 or 30 online retailers all trying to... So, so what I think we're seeing in the world of streaming is that you know, punters are now starting to realise, just how much am I spending each month? You know, if I've got Sky and BT and Amazon and Netflix and Disney Plus and Apple TV and Discovery Plus, you work out how much that costs you uh, to, to sign up for all of these streaming services. And and it is a very significant sum of money. So um, Discovery presently have something called Discovery Plus. Now, that will cost you um, uh, £3.99 a month. And, and I went on to Discovery Plus to see, well, okay, what, what exactly is available? And uh, that includes programs such as, uh, and you, you get these exclusively, Spooked Scotland um, and Expedition Bigfoot. Now, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to be drawn in by those. And, and what we've seen with, with football is it, it has two, two main features. First of all, it genuinely attracts subscribers. And secondly, it stops those subscribers from cutting the cord after your 30-day trial. Um, and, and that's why Amazon bought into the Premier League. Yeah, when, when, when you sign up for Amazon Prime, you can have this 30-day trial period. You get those, you get those matches around you know, pre- and post-Christmas. And then you say, well, I might try this free delivery stuff with, with Amazon. And at Amazon have crunched the numbers. They realize just how many people are, are staying with them on the back of that. Um, so so it's, it's used as sort of a, an entry drug as far as that part of the business is concerned. Mm. Um, Discovery Plus also have a, a £6.99 uh, model, um, and that includes Eurosport. Now, the, the, you know, I'm, I'm not being critical of, of Eurosport. They, the, what they have is, is a very, very broad palette of sporting products available, but again, there's there's a limited number of people who are willing to pay a premium to get live power boating or uh, yeah, underwater tiddlywinks or whatever it's going to be. The, the, the sports tend to be niche sports. The people that play those sports 
I've got huge respect for. Yeah, they're completely dedicated professionals in, in their own area, but they they don't tend to be um, mass audience. With perhaps you know, there's, there's one or two exceptions. Yeah, I, th- I think they're, they're they're very big in cycling, for example, in Eurosport. Um, but it's not it's not delivering the numbers and it's not keeping the numbers. So we're presently going through sort of a, a period of due diligence between the two parties, getting regulatory approval, and I think the aim is to have a single sort of BT stroke Eurosport offering, which will bring you the Champions League, plus what Eurosport have got, plus uh, BT Sports existing uh, commitments to the Premier League and so on, as, as a means of trying to uh, to build up. So, so that's that's where we are. The cost discovery, those upfront costs are, are pretty insignificant when, when you compare it to just how much uh, BT are paying for the uh, the rights for uh, the Champions League, so it's it's not an expensive investment. Whether it will prove to be uh, a successful one uh, is is down to externalities. Yeah, we don't know where the global economy is going over the course of the next five years. You know, think things are tough for for consumers at present, um, and you know the, the perception of the quality of the product. Eurosport uh, are very big on uh, winter sports, winter games. Mm. It's, it's fantastic. I love it. Uh, around Christmas, it's like having a weekend in Austria. It's a very, it's a very cheap way of pretending you're abroad. You get get some blue wine, put Eurosport on, get yourself a be- get yourself a bell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I also have to say, I, like, I quite like the sound of spooked Scotland. That sounds good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I've seen a bit. <laughs> Expedition Bigfoot is available on uh, my TV. It's oh, right. it's presented by uh, Jack Osborne, son of Ozzy, because a lot of Discovery Plus. Seems to exist purely to employ the Osborne family. <laughs> and you'd be amazed how many jokes about Aussie Osborne there are in Expedition Bigfoot. I feel, <laughs> I, if I knew the address of Discovery Plus, I'd write to them and say, first time you say that, that could be Bigfoot or it could be my dad. It's quite amusing. When you're doing, yeah. it, you're doing it four times an episode, less so. Uh, Jack Wormsley has an interesting question, um, and one that to me, who's not one of the country's leading experts in accountancy and football finance law, seems eminently sensible. Jack Walsey says, under insolvency law, a company is deemed insolvent if it is, quote, unable to pay its debts. Now, as most clubs in the EFL operate at a loss and the value of their assets is less than their liabilities, does this mean that technically most clubs are insolvent? Uh, you are absolutely correct, Jack. They are technically insolvent so mm. if, if we take a look at the, the there, there are two broad definitions of insolvency first of all uh the assets the thing you own are they less than what you owe so if if i've got a if, if i've got a house which is worth uh, half a million pounds and i owe the bank seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds i'm technically insolvent in the case of football that that is very much the case there are huge numbers of clubs who are effectively reliant upon their owners to to make up that gap um in, in terms of his his other definition is can uh can clubs pay their debts as they fall due based on their day-to-day operations based on their ability to generate income from broadcast from uh, commercial deals from ticket sales, and I think we can also yeah, potentially factor in player sales as well. 
Um, again, there are many clubs which would be deemed to be insolvent uh, on that basis. I, I, I do monitor the, the cash flows of, of all clubs. Um, and again, those clubs are reliant upon uh, owner benefactors to, to dig them out of their mess. So football is a precarious industry. Um, I was talking to somebody uh, earlier this morning before we had our conversation um, and, I was point, and he was going, well, yeah, well, f- football has been really successful. Uh, I said, well, you, you've got to look at the numbers in a bit of detail. Since the Premier League started, the the total income of the Premier League has increased by 2,800%. On the face of that, that looks absolutely fantastic. You then uh, you then look at the wages of the Premier League and the wages have gone up by 3,300%. So, it means that uh, the main benefactors of the success of the Premier League have been the players. And yeah, yeah, I've, I've said this on many occasions, I've got no issue with that whatsoever. It, it's a talent industry and I'd much rather the money goes to the talent than the owners. But I think it is indicative of an industry in which cost control has not been a success throughout its, uh, throughout the, you know, certainly the last 30 years at least. Earlier this morning, you spoke to somebody earlier this morning. I'm I'm sulking because we're doing this at quarter past nine. You spoke <laughs> to somebody earlier than that. Holy mother! Yes, yeah, yes. Uh, a a a young. Uh, we we've got a, a, a huge range of listeners, and uh, somebody who is doing uh, a master's dissertation contacted me um, and and wanted uh, half an hour of time. And you know, I think we, yeah, we're both firmly of this belief that you know, we, we want to help anybody that we can. So uh, you know, any, any, any student that wants to get up at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning, uh, first of all, I, I think your membership of the National Union of Students should be cancelled <laughs> uh, from, a, from, from an old student's point of view. But yeah, fair, fair play to you. And, and uh, you know, I, I also admire anybody, anybody reaching out. Uh, you know, I, I think that does show a bit of initiative. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big man, Kieran, so I, I, I won't take exception to the fact that the student asked you for help and not me. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably best if they don't ask me. Did uh, ABBA do Money, Money, Money last night? Robot ABBA, did they do that? Uh, they did. No, no, they oh. didn't know that there was that. And there was uh, the name of the game <gasps> uh, that they didn't do, and they did a couple of new songs. I thought, yeah, why are you getting robot avatars to, you know, because we, we've all been to those gigs uh, by bands and say, oh, we've got a new one. Think, okay, right, time to go for a dump. You know, it, it's uh, it, it's just you know, and 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 the whole uh, the whole impetus, the whole momentum of of the crowd, and, and we were quite quite fortunate because we were right at the back in what they call a dance booth, uh, and the uh, the the Baroness and, and a load of uh, a load of ladies of uh, of. Of Abba style years, shall we say, uh, were all dressed in their Abba costumes, and, and they 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 were giving it loads on the dance floor. And I was I was I was tapping my toe. Hmm. Uh, a friend of mine who works in the music business was invited to a, an exclusive private concert by Tom Jones to debut his new album. Uh, and my friend went with about 150 lucky people to this private gig, assuming, of course, that they would hear a couple of classics. Uh, but no, he did. Uh, the new album, that's it. Uh, oh, and then when there was some disquiet at the end that he wasn't coming back, the uh, her person from his record company said, "Oh no, he's not allowed to do any of the old stuff because of uh, COVID regulations." So and didn't ex- <laughs> didn't explain why, but uh, he, uh, presumably because people would have been bopping and getting yeah. a bit <clears throat> up close and 
come yeah. you know, up loose and groovy. Which apparently they certainly weren't during the new stuff, but that's annoying. Isn't it? You sit there politely <laughs> doing yes. Tom Jones' new stuff and at least throw green, green grass of home in. Steve Lamack and every week I'm joined by Music Allies Head of Insight Stuart Dredge on The Price of Music, the weekly podcast all about the money behind the music industry. In each episode we discuss the very latest goings on in the music business and dig into the finances behind the big stories. So whether you're a music lover who just wants to know more about what really goes on in the industry or you're an aspiring musician, manager or label owner who wants some inside knowledge on how Spotify's financial model really works or what the future holds for independent live music venues, this is a show for you. Subscribe to The Price of Music in your podcast app now. See you soon. Gareth Williams has a question that I think a lot of fans will be asking uh, starting round about now, basically. Mm. So I'll be interested in the answer to this one. Gareth Williams says, will clubs still pay their players whilst they are on World Cup duty, considering it's during the normal season? And in brackets says this also applies to those on AFCON duty. Um, yeah, the, the simple answer, Gareth, is yes, they will. Uh, the players have a contract of employment uh, with the football clubs and, and that, that contract... Uh, and, and this is an ongoing issue for, for those clubs that uh, that uh, have have players who who play in Afcon. Um, that club that contract says you, you, we're going to pay you every month because it's you're, you're still employed. But FIFA um, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure there's, there's many of our listeners that, that regularly look at FIFA's accounts. Mm. If you go to the FIFA 2018 annual report. Um, you will find, if you go into the small print, something called the club's benefit program. And what FIFA have done, because they don't want to upset football clubs, because yeah, in theory, you might get a few clubs starting to be a bit awkward uh, going forwards. Um, they have something called the club's benefit program. And uh, for the 2018 World Cup, uh, FIFA paid to football clubs $209 million to cover wages during the, the tenure of the, the tournament. And what FIFA also have is a, 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 a deal that if any players are injured during the World Cup and they subsequently miss matches for their domestic club, then FIFA has insurance payments to them. Um, to to cover the fact, you know, the, the club is now paying the wages and, and the players unable to to perform. Um, so so there is a compensation scheme from from FIFA. Um, it's it's a reasonably generous one as well. Uh, the the World Cup is is a spectacularly successful competition from FIFA's point of view, and it, it's not in their interests to to upset the the club's day to day employers. Mm. Our next question comes from Simon Henson. Uh, I don't know if Simon is related to Jim Henson, but how lovely to even have the same name as a man whose imagination brought joy to millions of people. Uh, Simon says, my club Wickham Wanderers recently moved away from the EFL iFollow app and created our own, <coughs> excuse me, Wanderers TV, which went live on February the 1st. Is setting up your own platform like this more lucrative? If it is, why are more teams not doing it? Are you aware of the costs of the iFollow service, as the EFL would presumably take a cut? 
well, yes, I mean that the the EFL do do take a cut to to cover their sort of central costs, and 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 that's that's eminently fair. If we take a look at the current position, um, I think it's forty three out of the seventy two EFL clubs are involved in the EFL's own scheme. And then we've got other clubs such as Wickham. I think think Derby used to have something called Rams TV, yeah. um, where the the club provides this service effectively uh, as as a as, as a sideline. Um, and uh, there, there's different rules in terms of international rights versus domestic rights. We've we've still got the three pm Saturday blackout. Mm. Um, the the issue of streaming is proving to be. Um, an interesting one. Um, so, so our friend Andy Holt at Accrington, anybody that follows um, mm. Andy's uh, Twitter feed, which is, uh, you know, and Andy gets his views across. I think it's fair to say that Andy is is very unhappy with with the current arrangement because what the EFL clubs voted for was that the club selling the iFollow pass. And broadly, what happens is that you pay ten pounds and you 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 get a, a match pass. A hundred percent of the money is given to uh, the club that sells the pass. So, therefore, if you've got a big club in League One, so we're talking, you know, the likes of you know Pompey, Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Derby themselves, of course, now and Charlton and so on, um, they they keep all the money. He says. You know, he knows that Accrington is a smaller club. You know, the population of Accrington is, you know, what, 35,000. It's also, you know, it's not far from Blackburn. It's not that far from, uh, you know, a number of large clubs in the Northwest. So, so yeah, Accrington have their work cut out. Um, and he says, you know, one of the reasons why we've, we've managed to, to compete in League One is that we've always gone out of our way to be an attractive place to visit from a way fans point of view. You, know, you, you and I, we, we, we did our live show there yeah. and we were absolutely knocked out by the facilities. Um, so his concern, um, and, and you can understand where this is coming from, is that it has a, a potential impact on away fan attendances. If you are coming from, you know, say the Southwest or if you're coming you know, from you know, a fair old distance, um, you've got to get your way up to Accrington. Uh, you've got to pay the match fee. Um, you're then paying your money for catering and so on. And if the option is to, the alternative is, is to is to pay a tenner, watch it from home. Accrington get none of that money, so mm. so they they don't get the match day gate receipts. They they don't get the catering receipts. They don't sell a program. Um, and he says it it will increase the gap between the rich and the poor. So he he says you know. As far as he's concerned, streaming is is part of progress. You know, you know streaming is, is is going to be uh, a way of of selling tickets. He's he's very very unhappy uh, about the fact that uh, if if a if a club such as you know uh, Derby or Sheffield Wednesday, if if those if those clubs are coming to his ground and they are selling ten thousand tickets, he doesn't get a penny from it. And he go, well, hold on, yeah, I'm hosting the match. Um, that that does seem a bit harsh. So. Certainly, the the distribution issue and football, of course, has a history of you know money flows to the biggest um, and and, uh, and and the smaller clubs tend to get a raw deal. That that would appear to be the case here. And you know, in, in my view, Sheffield Wednesday and Derby they will both sell out their away allocation mm-hmm. to to Accrington. Um, 
you know, uh, should should the Accrington be able to make some money out of this as well? Yeah, they they, they should be able to benefit from streaming, uh, and, and both clubs do. What this is doing, it's it's amplifying the existing gaps between rich and poor, um, and uh, you know, you, we we can look at that from a, a much broader uh, social. Uh, an economic issue in this country at present. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, Andy Holt also uh, is concerned, as he discussed with us when we were there, because initially uh, streaming was only bought in uh, for overseas mm. cus- customers, uh, and then it, evening games, domestic fans could do it. Uh, when there's an international break, I believe the three o'clock curfew doesn't doesn't count. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah, he's worried that during the World Cup. Uh, when, of course, League One and League Two will continue, I believe, that uh, those games will be streamed. And he said, inevitably, there will come a time in the near future when the three o'clock curfew is lifted completely. And then at that stage, Mm. his club will suffer terribly. I mean, and he's, like you say, he's aware that some clubs are bigger than others, simple as that. But you, you can't have a system whereby none of that money is distributed. That's simply not right. Yeah, yeah, very, very harsh. Yeah, very harsh. Sorry, sorry for that slight delay. Uh, the Baroness has just brought me a bacon, a, a bacon ciabatta coleslaw. With, with coleslaw. And what oh. else is on it? Guacamole. Uh, guacamole as well, of course. And yeah. spicy tomato chutney. And spicy tomato chutney, I've just been advised. So uh, <laughs> this is my life, gang. I mean, we. You know, my wife is currently 300 miles away, Kieran, so you, you, you can rub it in like that. But <laughs> what I will say from a purely catering point of view is you're not going to taste the bacon there, Kieran. Really, it's, it's guacamole, uh, icy chutney. You just well, Uncle Terry would would. Oh, I'm glad you know. I'm glad Uncle Terry's not here anymore, Kieran. If if he could yeah, see, well, well, uh, yeah, Uncle Terry was red or brown. Kieran, what do you want? Yeah, it was as simple as that. And he, he was he was a, he was a strict sourceman. Yeah, and occasionally, occasionally, a bit of HP. Yeah, not not with the red. Just I mean, two slices of white bread, more 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 slices of bacon than bread. Red <laughs> guacamole. Uh, just where is it you live again? Sussex, you say? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm glad the Baroness is up and about. Oh, so so soon after all the prosecco at the Abba. Um, you're obviously in the good books. Chris Hoban has a question, which again I find this a very interesting one. Chris Hoban says if a player is loaned to a club and is successful in that loan spell, then potentially their resale value goes up. So if when they go back to the parent club, the parent club then sells them for a significant amount of money, is there ever a deal whereby the club where they're on loan would get some extra money? So, because they acted as a shop window and they improved the quality of the player. Uh, yeah, some people call this the Ben White tax um, <laughs> because if uh, uh, when uh, when Ben White went from uh, Brighton to Leeds, uh, I think was it two seasons ago, three seasons ago, uh, he was their player of the season. Uh, he had previously been on loan to uh, Newport County in League Two, then Peterborough in League One, then then Leeds United in the Championship, and Leeds were promoted. And he, I think he was player of the season. He certainly had a fantastic season for them. Um, and uh, he he was then subsequently sold twelve months later uh, for fifty million pounds. Now now Leeds fans have, uh, or some Leeds fans to be fair, have been quite vocal in saying, "Well, hold on, you know, under Bielsa, the player developed." Um, you know, we should see some of the benefits from that. Uh, and I think conceptually, uh, you you can see a case for that, but contractually, they've got no chance. So 
um, as far as Chris is concerned, uh, it, it's it, it's it's a gamble when when you do take that play. So what happens if the player goes backwards? Yeah, you know, because you you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want the the club where the player's been on loan to to have to go and pay out when the player is subsequently sold for for less than he was originally worth twelve months later. So so it so it works uh, it works both ways. So unfortunately, um, for those clubs which which utilise uh, loan players, they they don't tend to get a uh, a share of the proceeds. It could be argued that they you know, Leeds benefited because. Uh, ben White contributed towards their their magnificent season in the championship where, when they were playing some pretty sexy football. And of course, they were promoted and therefore indirectly they have benefited from the loan in, in, a, in a financial manner. Uh, our last question, Kieran, I intend to spit out for as long as possible. So by the time we finish it, your bacon sandwich is a cold, congealed <laughs> mess. In fact, it's on ciabatta. It's bad enough, but guacamole and coleslaw. It's just... Oh, just Abba guacamole. That's a, that's a good sound effect. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that sound effect has brought Smudge jumping on my lap. She can she can spot food being eaten. A, 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 how far away are we? Fifty miles. Sorry, Smudge. That sandwich is fifty miles away, darling. Brett Peckham is one of our regular Australia listeners, and Brett says a quick question from Australia on the back of Spotify getting the naming rights to the new camp. When local teams here from the A-League make it into the Asian Cup competitions, the grounds are normally sponsored, but they're not sponsored by a company entangled with the Asian Football Confederation. I don't know why. That's me saying that, not Brett. I'm sure he does. So instead of AAMI Park, for instance, it is referred to only as Melbourne Rectangular Stadium. Would Spotify or... Sorry, Melbourne. We get we got told off a couple of weeks ago for saying Melbourne. Melbourne. <laughs> referred to... As Melbourne, Melbourne Rectangular Stadium, would Spotify or whoever have a separate contract with Barcelona so the ground is always officially referred to as Spotify New Camp? Well, this is very much an issue, Brett, in terms of the small print in a contract. If you have a naming rights deal, um, that naming rights deal will either be on a universal stroke comprehensive basis, as we will see uh, with, uh, with, with Spotify and their relationship with uh, Barcelona, or it could be on literally on a competition by competition basis, as, as appears to be the case here in Australia. So it it simply is a case of our our, our silver tongued friends um, might have broken down the club's relationship in terms of naming rights, um, such that in competition A we've got sponsor A, and in competition B you've got sponsor B, and it could be for other competitions there is no sponsor unless somebody's prepared to pay for that privilege. Okay, thank you to everyone who's donated to the pod via our Patreon page. If you'd like to make a small monthly contribution to the pod, that would be very kind of you, and you can do so by going to patreon.com slash priceoffootball. And remember, there is an option if you become a Patreon to avoid the adverts. If you have a question you'd like answered on the show, email us at questions at priceoffootball.com. We'll be back next, what day is it? Thursday? Is it? I don't know if it's Thursday or whatever, but we'll be back with our uh, last summer break pod. Uh, and in the meantime, if he can tear himself away from his, uh, I was going to say bacon butty, Kieran, but obviously it's you can't use the word bacon butty to describe what you've just been given <laughs> by the Baroness. So I shall leave you in the capable hands of Mr. Kieran Maguire for his customary but slightly more mouth-filled farewell. Well, as always, folks, thanks very much for all of your support. Um, I'd just like to give a, a shout-out. Uh, you know, it's, it's over the usual nonsense. I want to give a shout-out to... Uh, 
to somebody I know, somebody I met recently who's, who's a big fan of the podcast, um, Adam Pendlebury. Adam, Adam, I met at a law in sport event in May. Um, recently, Adam had a seizure. He uh, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor uh, and had surgery. And uh, uh, this this is a subject which which is close to our hearts because we've got somebody in our family that we love mm-hmm. very much who's who's gone through something very similar. Um, so Adam's been in contact and he is shaving off all of his head, uh, all of his hair, should I say? Um, uh, and you know, we're going to give him a bit of support, and yeah, we want to put it out there. Uh, the, the, the amazing work done by Macmillan. Um, uh, and if you go to uh, bravetheshave.macmillan.org.uk forward slash shavers, um, forward slash Adam dash uh, Pendlebury, if, if you want to support this amazing cause, uh, that would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, anybody uh, who has either had to be through this this very traumatic experience, and also the families of those involved, um, know know what what how difficult it is, and you know, that people such as Macmillan uh, make a huge difference. So, uh, yeah, big shout out to Adam, and uh, you know, we're with you every step of the way as much as we can be. We are indeed, and I'd like to uh, endorse everything Kieran said there. In- particularly about the wonderful work done by Macmillan. Bye, everybody. Bye. The price of football. I'm for the